This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Welcome to Now What Podcast. I'm Kristen Comstock, and um, really the purpose of this podcast is to um, get into topics that we don't usually talk about, such as adoption, um, just some hard topics, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is adoption. We're going to actually be continuing Amanda's story, um, and last time we were together, we talked about your failed adoption, and so we really got in-depth into what happened and how that impacted your family and and how it moved you on to different steps in mm-hmm. your um, adoption story. And so, and you are adopted. I am. And you are, you have adopted. I have. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you know all sides of the story except for really being right. a birth mother. Right. So, um, which I think is really cool. And so before we get into really the redemption story, which is a lot of times what most, that's the only thing people hear. They don't hear the during your trial. They just hear the redemption piece of it. Before we dive into that, um, you have some kids with some (laughs) hilarious, funny, great personalities. Yes. So I really want you to tell, I mean, you have a ton of stories. I wish wish we could sit here all day and listen to them because they're great. But give us a good story um, a good funny story to kick it off. Okay. So Matt's in my oldest. He's definitely got a real quirky sense of humor <laughs> and he doesn't even really do it on purpose. That's what I think makes it so funny. But I think one of my favorite stories was he was about three years old and we were working out in the yard and he had a little yellow Hummer that he would drive around and we lived on a cul-de-sac. So he would just drive and drive in circles and um, we were just kind of watching him out of the corner of our eye, but not really watch watching him. Watching every move he right, made. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he came pulling up in the driveway in his Hummer, and there was a child in his Hummer <laughs> with him. Not one of your children. Not because I we only had one at that time. <laughs> and the little boy, he didn't talk. He looked to be probably about two. Oh my and my husband looked at Matson and said, where did you get him? <laughs> <laughs> And he said, well, he was out playing in his yard. So I said, hey, kid, get in. (laughs) (laughs) So he drove this kid home and uh, basically kidnapped somebody's Somebody's child. My toddler kidnapped a toddler. (laughs) And you didn't know where they came from. And we didn't didn't know where he lived because we had never seen him before. And so my husband said, you have to take him home. (laughs) (laughs) Show us the way. he He said, you need to show me where he lives. So they had to take the child home. But he was bummed because he had found himself somebody to play with and brought him home. (laughs) And we made him return him. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, which is hilarious. And he's doing stuff like that all the time. Oh, he does stuff like that regularly. And our youngest, Wesson, is not quite as outwardly quirky um but he is notorious for just doing things that make your life inconvenient (laughs) (laughs) so for example he'll take either your towel or the bath mat while you're in the shower (laughs) he likes to reset the temperature on the refrigerator till it freezes everything and they explode so little things like that right he just like right come on that are just inconvenient 
but he loves it. He's so proud of himself when he oh does gosh, those things. So, so it's so funny. They, but you know what? It keeps life fun because yeah. life is hard enough that we need a little humor. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. There and and like I said, you have stories like that all the time. For days. So. For days. <laughs> so y'all have to stick around for more. But yeah. that's, that's all for now. Um. So we're gonna dive into your adoption redemption story, which I'm so excited about. Um, we really covered some amazing content and talking about the failed adoption. I think it's right. so important because it's not really talked about. Right. But we're going to get into the redemption story of y'all's adoption. So at this point, I'm just going to catch you guys up. You'll have mm -hmm. to go listen to the other part of our conversation to hear all the goodness. <laughs> um, but at this point, you've had a failed adoption. Right. And so really the first question is, at what point did you – decide to dive back in well honestly we didn't we had prayed and we just were open to when the lord was ready um, for us to restart the process we didn't have like an actual signing of paper or anything right. like that we because just because you had everything still everything on was done file, right, right right um and god had told you to wait that right. that was the last thing that he spoke to you guys and he gave you exodus fourteen fourteen which says the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Okay. And so it, you kind of, you were left with that. Right. 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 So I remember praying and I thought there's no way I can go through this entire process again. I, it would just break me. You know, I was still trying to pick the pieces back up to move forward. Um, so I thought, I hope the Lord doesn't want, we still felt called to adoption, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I thought, I don't think I can do this whole process all over again just to then be left brokenhearted. Right. And, and there's no guarantee. No guarantees. You know, like, like you said last time, you there is always a chance right. that the birth mom can change her at mind. The very end can change her mind. Right. And you have to be, I have to say, you have to be pretty brave and courageous and strong to say, I'm going to basically prepare for my child. Right. I'm going to accept this child as my own. And mm -hmm. in your case, you know, go through almost the whole entire pregnancy, getting pictures, right. and all the things and be willing or I guess knowing, I mean, even though you're not willing, right. you know that the option ultimately for the birth mom is they, they can ultimately choose not right. to move forward with the family that they've chosen to adopt Absolutely. the birth mom's child. Yeah. So um, moving back into the adoption process, you already had everything on file. Right. So did you really have to do anything to move forward or Not you just kind of had to tell the adoption agency that like you're open again, you're ready? Right. We could have said, go ahead and throw our book back in the piles again, um, you know, to possibly be chosen by a birth mother again. But we really were just kind of in, still in that wait of do we start putting in effort again or do we just wait and trust? And so what did you do? We waited. You waited and you we trusted. Did. And so, and I'm so excited for this part. <laughs> um, when when you started moving forward again, I'm not going to totally reveal right. what happened yet, <laughs> even though I'm really excited about it. Um, it would you have considered you, you and Matt and your family as a whole, would you have considered yourself like fully healed before the process began again? No, 
So where where was your heart at at this time? Like, where were you guys at emotionally, physically, spiritually? Like, where were you at? I think for the most part, healed is not, I don't know that we'll ever be truly healed because mm-hmm. it is grief, you know? Yeah. Um, but and we it is were, a loss of a child. It's a loss. It was a loss for us. And that's not something you can just turn off or get right. over necessarily. Right. But we were we had moved forward with our life um, as far as it wasn't all consuming any longer. Um, when I talked about her, it still brought tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to move forward in life as far as not being stuck right. in the grief. Right. Okay. So without further ado, <laughs> please tell us what happened. Right. Thank goodness it didn't end there, right? Right. <laughs> thank yes. goodness. Thank goodness. Um, so and for a while, it could have, right? It we could didn't have. Know, we yes. really didn't know what was going to happen. We really did not know. Um, literally overnight, <laughs> we got a call that there had been um, a drop baby, which drop baby, stork baby. Um, so tell us what that means. Okay. So what is the drop baby? There's different scenarios. There's, of course, you hear the scenarios of, you know, babies being left in dumpsters, at hospitals, and fire stations. And so that really happens. That like, really people happens. People really have a baby. And leave them. And just leave them. Right. It does happen. Um, or there's situations where somebody comes into the hospital without a adoption plan or anything in place, but says, I'm not able to take this child home with me. Um, So ours was basically that situation that um, birth mom had decided that she wasn't going to be taking the baby that she had just had home with her. And so the hospitals then will contact agencies and whatnot and see who has somebody who's home study approved, background checked, ready to go that moment. Um, And so we got a call and um, they said, we have a baby at the hospital, he's already been born, would you consider adopting him? And of course, my heart of hearts was like, yes, absolutely. But so, but let's pause with that yeah, call. Right. I mean, were you just totally mind blown? Well, were I you was like, shocked. What? I had never, I knew it was a thing. I had just, and we have many friends who have adopted. So we're in the adopting right. community. and But not that much time has gone by at this point. Right, no. So it had to have felt like a whirlwind. You went through this whole adoption process. You had a failed adoption. You're still grieving the loss of a child. And, you know, for a while was you were still pursuing legally being able to um, essentially get custody of this child. Right. And then you guys are finally essentially moving forward with your life. Like you said, you had started moving forward with your life. And then you get a call. Right. Out of I mean, the blue. where was your heart? I mean, did your heart sink into your stomach? Did well, you yeah. have butterflies? <laughs> Were you just like, what is going on? Yeah. Part of you thinks, and I remember thinking like, is this real? Is this, because Am again, it just wasn't something that we were familiar with. Right. Um, in the adoption community, we didn't know anybody personally. And so it had been around six months at this point from basically the closing of one door to now. Which is really the opening not that of another. long of no, a time. I mean, when you not. think about six months especially grieving the loss of a child, whether, you know, and like you said before, who is still physically here on earth, they didn't die, but it was a child that you now would never have. Right. I mean, that's not very much time to go No, it's really not. No, it's really not. And we still honestly still had everything set up in the nursery for a girl. Mm -hmm. We, you know, 
we had put everything in that room and closed the door. We hadn't taken things off the wall. We hadn't returned clothes. You know, girl clothes were still hanging in the right. closet. Glitter was still on the wall. So you get this call. And what do you do? You call Matt immediately? Right. What do you do? Yeah, I call my husband at work. He's always at work when these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhat unreachable for and, what Yeah, he and does. not easily reachable. <laughs> and so I told him. And of course, he's like, yes. You know, um, we, of course, prayed and made sure. But we knew. You knew. I mean, yeah. quite literally, a door was shut. Right. And another one was like slammed open. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And here's your child. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he was a day old when we got the call. And then we picked him up two days later. Okay. From so, the hospital. And you knew. Okay. So you got the call mm -hmm. and you guys ended up telling them, yes, 100%. Right. Absolutely. We want this child. Did you do in the two days that <laughs> we had a lot to do? In did those. you have two days or one day? We had um, really just one full day. Okay, so you had one full day to right. prepare. One full day. What did that day look like? Oh, it was chaos. <laughs> it was chaos. It was returning of girl clothes to get some boy clothes, taking the flowers off the wall, <laughs> changing out, you know, girl bedding for boy bedding. Um, it was chaos trying to. And you Matt know, was not going to allow there to be a glitter wall for a son that to come home to. Home. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I mean, you guys aren't just like returning clothes because some of this stuff you you really can do after you have your right. child. Right. But it, this wasn't just returning clothes and everything. I mean, y'all are basically doing like extreme home makeover right. overnight for a room. Exactly. Um. So you're painting Yep. Was there a moment where you just kind of stopped together? Like, were, were there any moments where you just kind of stopped and you were like, is this really happening? I don't think it was until the next day, until we were on the way to the hospital. I think we were so focused on fixing everything and preparing it and getting ready that that day we didn't. On the way to the hospital to pick him up, we really did. We're like, this is real. like we're really going to the hospital right now to pick up a baby we didn't know existed two days ago right right or that would be available to you would be ours that, that, yeah. yeah we had no clue okay so i really want to do a good job of describing what it was like again this is kind of a whirlwind right i want to do a good job of describing what it was like to go pick up your son yeah so what was that like we had to make arrangements for our older son, right. <laughs> for somewhere for him to go. And you didn't really necessarily fully know how long it was going to take. No, right? we didn't know if this was something that we would go, you know, meet him, bring him. We didn't know if we were bringing him and home at that this day. Point, we could didn't she have a still clue. change her mind because had the birth mother actually signed documentation? She had not signed them yet. We okay. knew she'd be signing them that morning. So originally it was supposed to be one time and that got pushed a little bit later, so a couple hours that, later. How did that mess with your emotions at all? Oh, did you get nervous them. or were yeah. you afraid? Were you like, this is going to be another disappointment? I thought disappointment? this was going to be that situation all over again. And it was a very short amount of time. It felt like forever. Right. It was a couple of hours. Right. Um, but we finally were given the okay to go ahead and come up to the hospital. We had to wait once we got there. And we sat at a McDonald's and we just sat there and waited, you know, to get the call that. Right. He's clear. You can, everything's signed. You can come up. And I remember going up and 
walking in and he was in the bassinet in this big room all by himself. And it was just like, I I can't even explain the feelings, you know, that came over us. Like, this is our son. He's going to be ours. We get to bring him home and love him and care for him. And this is the baby that we have prayed for Mm -hmm. for years. Right. And it was so special because when we looked at him, my husband and my son, Mattson, all have this little um, cleft in their chin. And we looked at him and he had the cleft in his chin. And, you know, we had said it didn't matter if the baby we adopted looked like us. You know, we didn't have specific, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thoughts or anything like that on how he, you know, should look or not look or she or whatever. But it was almost like the Lord had just like stamped him. Like I chose him for For you. you, you know. And when we were able, like when we thought back and did the math, his birth mom was pregnant with him when we were walking through the whole failed adoption. And so it was like the Lord had gone ahead and prepared the child that he had for us all along right. before we even knew, you know, and it's special to think about that, that mm-hmm. he had already made provisions for our heartbreak before mm-hmm. the heartbreak happened. happened. And, so. you, and you didn't know that he was providing a way for you or that he was making a plan right. for you. Right. But he had already. Yeah. Done your it. child was already in the birth mother's womb. And right. Really being prepared for you at that very moment. Right. So you get to get to the hospital. You right. go in and you have your son there. Right. Who is Wesson. Right. At what point did you realize that he was your son? Well, he was laying in the bassinet and I walked over to him and looked at him. And we had talked about the chin and um, our adoption attorney had noticed that the bedding that they had put in his little bassinet was camo, which was so funny because my husband's, you know, army. So it was just like so many details. And we're talking about that. And I looked back, um, to the case manager and I said, can I pick him up? (laughs) And she said, he's your son. (laughs) You're like, and it was at that moment that like, I didn't need permission. He was my son, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I just remember looking at him the first time and thinking, he's really ours. Mm -hmm. And the nurse came in with the paperwork and she said, well, what's his name? (laughs) You know? And it was like, we get to name him. Like he's really, he's really ours. Um, And then we took him home a couple hours later, which was so wild (laughs) because I said, you know, I came in here with no baby and like three hours later I'm leaving here a mom to a second child. <laughs> and uh, I like what you said when we were talking earlier. You said it was the quickest delivery, but the, the longest, longest labor. labor. Yep. The delivery was very short, but we labored for two years mm-hmm. for him because it was two years from the time that we started the process to when we brought him home. How close to two years was it? I think it was just right at two years. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so a two year, <laughs> two year labor is a long time, but. It, you know, it's just like in regular childbirth, as soon as you hold the baby, you forget the pain right. that it took right. to get there. Right. Because and your heart is just so happy. Right. You're so overwhelmed with love and you're just so grateful that the process no longer matters. Right. Yeah. So what does life look like now? So it's chaotic <laughs> with a four-year-old and an eight-year-old boys. Um, and they are... 
boys. boys. They're covered in dirt all of the time. <laughs> what were they arguing about uh, the other day that you told me? They oh, were... they were arguing about whose mud was whose. <laughs> I'm like, I can only imagine how much mud they were actually covered in. It's a lot time. of mud. It's a lot of mud. But it is so sweet. They have the sweetest relationship. Um, there is no like, he's not my biological brother. He's not, you know, Madsen mm. was old enough when we went through the process to know I didn't, I, was I wasn't say, pregnant does he with know? him. Are, are, are you guys really open with them about the adoption? Wesson doesn't know what, he's too young to understand right. adoption as a whole yet. Um, we talk about it. We're very open about it. And it is a discussion that as soon as we know he's, ready that mm. we will sit down and give him as many details as we can or he wants to know um but it's an important part of his life it's part of who he is and we don't ever want that to be a secret right. or something that um to be ashamed of but Matson knows the process was different than you know other moms who go in pregnant and bring a right, baby home right. um but he loves his brother so much and he's so thankful for him and Wesson looks up to Matson and it's a lot of fun, a lot of crazy, but a yeah, lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> so I think ending on a good note, but before we do that, I just am curious about um, what would you say to um, a family that's currently navigating a failed adoption? Um, what encouragement maybe would you give them? I would just encourage them to hang on to feel the emotions that they need to feel, to grieve however it is that they need to grieve. Because I think part of love also sometimes means grief. And that means you truly did love that child and mm -hmm. wanted that child. And I think that's an important part of adoption because it does come about differently than carrying and birthing them. Mm -hmm. But the want is so deep and so real and so mm -hmm. true that realizing that your grief is valid because you love that child mm -hmm. that much but to hang on because the grief is hard and it is painful but it was so worth it it i mean it always is yeah you know and what was something that maybe god spoken to you that helped you through the trial part because again we don't always see the trial we see the triumph right we see the outcome we see the redemption story. Right. So what was something that God spoke into you or that you clung to um, that helped you navigate the failed adoption to get to, you know, because sure. there there are so many things that we go through in our life right. that if we let it overcome us, it, it will it overcome will. us. Right. And, and there, you either it takes longer to get to the redemption or you don't get to it because the trial has overcome you. And right. so... I really am, I guess, specifically asking what encouragement maybe did you experience or receive from God that helped you get through the trial so you could get to the triumph? I think leaning into his faithfulness that we were able to remember the places that he had been faithful in our mm -hmm. life before and we knew he would be faithful again, that it may not look exactly like how we thought it would look. Or how you heard your story was, you know, how, right. how your parents adopted you right but that he was going to care for us and that this wasn't just a oh i didn't expect that to happen you know the lord was never confused he was never caught off guard by this situation um and so i think just leaning into 
knowing who he was, Mm -hmm. that he was a good God. And I think our faith was really important because this was so hard on us that I can't even fathom walking through this if you don't have a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. Because we really had to lean in and lean on Christ to get us through the grief and not allow it to overwhelm us. Um, And so I think in just trusting that the Lord knew the desires of our heart and he hadn't taken those desires from us. So trusting that he was going to fulfill the desires Mm -hmm. of our heart um, helped us get to the other side of, okay, maybe it's not a no, it's a wait. And knowing that his wait is always worth it. And I really, as we're wrapping up, I really love y'all's story because a lot of times in the waiting, it could be years. I mean, we could be talking 5, 10, 15 years. And so it seems so unreachable. It seems how can, where is, you know, sometimes where is God? Right. How can this be worked together for the good to glorify him when my heart's desire is, broken and shattered in pieces on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really being able to describe your story from start to finish and seeing all the things that God was doing when you were probably crying many, many tears on the floor. Um, And and you described this moment, and this is where I really want to end because it's such a beautiful moment. I just want to end with you describing the moment that you were in your nursery with Wesson because I think it's a beautiful way to end this story. Yeah, I remember bringing him home and sitting in the rocking chair and rocking and feeding him and just telling the Lord how thankful I was for this gift and then looking and seeing that space on the floor where I had shed so many tears and didn't understand what was ahead for us Um, and then seeing that come full circle. That those tears weren't wasted Mm -hmm. at all. They were never wasted. And then I was able to sit there and hold that baby that the Lord had planned for us all along. All along. And it was just a sweet moment. I love that. Thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time. <laughs>